What's up, everybody? Yo, Welcome yo. Welcome back to the Salty Dogs Podcast. Do you ever feel weird when we start that up? And we're Absolutely like, not. <laughs> Never. Not we're once. Like, okay, we're going to count this down. Nope. We're going to do this. Wayne's World. That's how we one. do it. That's it right. Is. That's how we do it. Party on. Party hey, on, Wayne. Party hey, on how was your, your Labor Day weekend? Uh, I think it was okay. I don't know. That it was very noteworthy. So that was probably the wrong question to ask. So noteless? <laughs> noteless Labor Day weekend. Actually, so I got a four-day weekend. My last day of my last job was on Thursday. So I took off Friday, hung out with the daughter, went to have dinner, or excuse me, lunch with my wife out where she works. It's about a 30-minute drive, so she always appreciates that. Um... Yeah, I went to... Oh, okay, so let me tell you about this. Yeah, tell me. This will be fun. Sure. Uh, so my daughter started preschool. She's three, and uh, she goes to a Lutheran church for um, Uh-oh. for preschool. I'm just kidding. Anyways. Um, yeah, actually, Sterling, <clears throat> Sterling does too. Oh, Lutheran? Dude, the Lutherans have it down on the preschool. Dude, they got their preschool <laughs> they got it run hard, bro. Yeah, Sterling goes. Actually, uh, Pastor... What's his name? Yep. Pastor Jared. That's the guy. Yeah, his... Oh, yeah, right. Same yeah, one. Yeah, he, he comes... Yeah. Interesting. His his daughter goes to Sterling. Yeah. Christmas. So it was Pastor Week. At, right. Right. The week before it was Fireman Week. Oh, there's so no I, way you can. Well, you can. I mean, firemen they talk about fire, and then the pastor comes in and saves them from hell. So twenty one cookies, twenty one kids got saved. Remember Goodness. that? Goodness, I Just do remember kidding. that. Yeah. So I uh, I showed up. I was the pastor. So oh, I was man. I was the uh, the guest pastor. So you, I went in and hung out about? with the kids. Uh. I talked about what a pastor does, and so I talked a lot about like caring for people. people How do we like love that. people? Like, um, it was really funny because I said I also get to marry people, and they're like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm the guy that says you may now kiss your bride." And I went, <laughs> and all the kids are like, <laughs> going crazy and laughing. <laughs> and then uh, I asked them if they ever heard of the scripture in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And right. they had just learned that like the week before. So of course we did, did all the animal noises and talked about the things that God made. Everybody make thin aardvark noise. I asked him what, I asked him what noise a unicorn made. And one little girl was like, <laughs> and I was like, exactly. That's exactly you, you what got it. You got it. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun. And, uh, all the kids came and gave me a high five before they left. And it was a lot of fun, dude, hanging out with three and four year olds. That's cool. Pretty wild. I had a good time. That's good, man. I, I put on my pastor hat. Many of you know that I've kind of shed the title, but I put the hat on and uh, it was good. The kids loved it. It's like a fedora. Yeah. Just, pastor hat. You know, if my congregation from the past would have given me that much honor and respect, we'd be in a different place. Oh, dear. Oh, snap. My I'm just kidding. Geez. I'm totally kidding. That, went, that got I, dark dude, really Let quick. me tell you, I was really honored. There are still people who call me Pastor Jason. And that's just who they call you, me. You and were, you, I mean, that's the person I was. You and, to a lot of people. I mean, on the north side, you were the only pastor they'd ever known in north their lives. Side? You know, yeah, for sure. So that's fun. How about you? Uh, yeah, we had a so Lara worked. That was kind of a bummer, but she had to work. And before I realized she was working, uh, I'm a part of a group called called Tuesdays Together. So it's a bunch of creatives in the city that kind of get together and TT. Yep, TT. So <clears throat> there's a lot, mostly photographers, videographers, a lot of people in the wedding industry. So um, I reached out to the the girl that's in charge of it and said, Hey, I just want to have a Labor Day party at our place. We'll provide the food. And so we had some people over. We had about ten people come What'd over. What you smoke? So I didn't smoke it. It was just burgers. I just made burgers. Oh, they weren't burgers? frozen though. Oh, nice. No, I didn't smoke anything. I just I grilled it. I just you, grilled it. You, Dave, went, you went raw dog on yeah, that. David Uso came over, and it was cool. We had a good time. Yeah, sweet deal. Got He's torn up guy. by mosquitoes. Yeah. So so topic today, 
Well, oh, that was gotta, it? Wait, that's all no. you got? Dude, I mean, you yeah, should have more it. life updates. No, I mean, that's, that's, wedding photography's kicking off. We, you and me shot a wedding this we last We did. That weekend. was fun. That was fun. We had a lot had a of good fun. Old time. And uh, editing photos, doing all that stuff. You know, I think last episode we talked a lot about our family rhythms and stuff and a lot of big changes that we've been making. So um, what was the episode called? Kingdom Purpose? like uh, Kingdom Vision for Family and right. that Marriage. One, the last yeah. one. Just go back one. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you, you go say about You go back to, it? you've been you too far. It? No, we just, I mean, we just, you know, we're, no. we've continued to focus on, the, <laughs> we've continued to focus on, it was funny because, focus on the family. right as, as we had that episode, I was like, man, things are going great, we're really in the groove, we're trucking along, and, uh, and then the next week, Lara and I didn't have our, our little business meeting that we call it to kind of plan out the week oh, ahead, yeah. and dude, it was so chaotic, so, and it wasn't even that busy, but just having that game plan for our family and her and I being on the same page is just so valuable. So we're back on, we, you know, we had our meeting and talked about it. And so we're like, man, we gotta, we gotta stay on this and keep trucking forward and keep pushing forward. Dude, guess what I did? All that stuff. What? I was just waiting on my time, my turn to talk. I'm sorry. Why don't you pass the salt? (laughs) (laughs) But no, hold on. I'm really excited about this. I actually got to guest speak at a church here in town. That's right. Grace Revolution. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, You know, it was one of those things where, I truly inquired of the Lord and said, what do you want to say to these people? And, uh, and he gave me a download, like just all there in a second, I got a bunch of scriptures. And, um, anyways, I taught it here at the source one night and I wanted to tell you about this because, you know, we were talking about how churches here in the city, like how they shut down and maybe I'm chasing, chasing rabbits right now, but you know, different church plants will shut down for different reasons, that kind of thing. And you were telling me about one that had to close the doors and you know, like what's the reasoning behind that. And well, look, on Friday nights, we have Disciple Community at the Source. Right. It's a Friday night. Granted, it's probably not going to be like big attendance anyway, but we've been in a steady decline in attendance over the years, but we have a really tight-knit group. I yeah. mean, we're truly a family. and We're For growing sure. together. We're learning together. We love the Lord. Uh, we worship. We pray. We do all that stuff. Well, I taught. Like, I was here. Disciple Community starts at 7 p.m., and at 7.20, there was nobody here. And so I was standing in the chapel by myself, oh, like, man. what are we going to do? So I was about to go pull the signs, lock the doors, and then go live and teach on Facebook and just be like, hey, I got a teaching. I need to get this out. Right, right. Well, then we had three people show up Damn. right at 720. Uh, yeah, I remember. And so, yeah, yeah. so then I ended up preaching to three people. And let me just tell you, like, I don't know how you guys feel about this or, you know, whatever, but I felt the Spirit of the Lord on me as I was teaching. And as I was teaching, I was getting revelation about the things that I was saying. Like, so I'm learning as I was saying it. Right. And that's just one of those things where I, you know, I feel like when the spirit's moving through you, he's revealing, he's a revelatory, revelational, whatever you want to put it, uh, supernatural being. And so he's showing me and telling me things as like, I'm saying what he's telling me to say, but it's hitting my mind for the first time. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I always thought it was crazy how you can, like, you can preach, teach. I mean, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. But it, it, it's almost like you're at two places at one. Like you're like in two places at once. One you're, time. Yeah. You're saying things, and your body and mind are actively engaged in one place. But there's like another part of you. Like, I mean, if you believe in tripart, in trichotomy, you know, yeah. the tripart man, then then that's the the spirit being within you that can, you know. It, it, you can just that. operate. It's just so weird. It's it, it'd be really similar to like probably playing drums, like doing something with this hand and the other mm-hmm. hand is doing. But they're doing yeah, two different they're things. Two so different things. Yeah. It's yeah. I was, so, was. I've always been amazed by that. So I just made the point. I'm like, look, I was about to shut it down and and preach to a Facebook audience. I knew the Lord had given me a word to share. And um, anyways, I had those three people there, and I'm telling you, I like I sensed it. I felt it, 
and I, and I taught like there were, you know, 20 or 30 or a hundred people in the room. And, uh, and I, it just made me, you know, kind of ask the question. It's like, dude, if the spirit of the Lord's on you teaching and preaching, look, why are you shutting things down? Like what? You right. Know? But anyways, I, I ended up sharing that word, uh, with, uh, grace revolution. It was real interesting cause I had to preach two sermons. I remember you, like, we had, had a preach, conversation about that. Right. I had to preach two times to like nine thirty and ten forty five or whatever it was. Right. Just really interesting being back kind of in that dynamic. Yeah. And so I think that's going to tie a little bit into For our, sure, to our into our conversation. Tonight, yeah. But first, um, now that I'm done yapping, uh, we want to pass the salt. Yeah, let's pass it. So uh, pass it, it's, but don't spill it. It's it's possible that this will be a, a double doffing of rosy cheeks to one Marcus. You might get two pairs, bro. You might get two pairs, bro. Get a pair. <laughs> and so. Uh, he left us a review on iTunes, and so if you listen nice. on iTunes or Apple Podcast, be sure and uh, rate and review. And I wanted to give people stuff away for rating and review, but you said that's against Apple's rules, so we can't give you anything except Well, cheeks. rate and review us with no incentive, but then you can email us and maybe we'll send you a sticker or a button. Yeah, tell us what you did. Yeah. But we'll just, just tell, we'll reward tell you. Tell us why you deserve... <laughs> Give us your works-based qualifications for a Absolutely. sticker. Every single time. Where's all that stuff? Is it on the table? No, oh, no it's, it's put away. We moved it. Okay. It's Anyways. Well, all right, cool. So, salt. Uh, we got some salt. Yep. One Marcus on Apple Podcasts left us five stars, sir. Cinco um, Estrellas. That's very generous. That's right. And I would super, only give us three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just for I, audio quality. I, don't, I wouldn't you. even rate us. I'd be like, next. Right. Pass. Swipe. Um <laughs> Okay, it says, these guys remind me of me and my church buddies sitting around being silly geese and talking about the Lord. This podcast has helped me tremendously, and these guys put it all out there about their struggles and how to really lead a Christian life. And as the title says, this is real-life Christianity. It's real and authentic. And so, yeah, Marcus. It's good stuff. Give it to him, Chris. Marcus, uh, you know, I hope I hope you're getting a double dose right now because if you got them, I know you're still wearing them. And they're about to beam, beam even brighter. And what are they? And even rosier. What are those? And they're cheeks. Cheeks that are rosy. Rosy cheeks. Blush, blushified. They've been blessed. Crimson. Ki- crimson kissed. They've been brought into the Holy of Holies. That's right. And uh, yeah. bro, you're about to go Moses on them. That's right. Beaming. Coming down Boom. from the mountain. Coming down with the, with the glory on you. <laughs> Wearing the glory. That's what happens when you, you rate our podcast, That's folks. You. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we are... The rating and reviewing the Salty Dogs podcast is a modern day mountain ascension to the presence of the Lord. That so. is quite the uh, heretical statement. To <laughs> make. I know. Oh my gosh! Uh, speaking Woo-woo. of heretical statements, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, title of the podcast: Something's missing. Is a, is a question, and the or question is, is: Is something missing? Is something missing? Yeah. So, why are we asking it? Okay, so, I mean, this kind of goes back into, it was Monday, actually, Labor Day, so my brother um, swung by the house. He was supposed to come to that party. He ended up hanging out with some other friends, um, and then he came back by later, and so we had a conversation. We were just catching up on life, and um, he told me that he had visited. So Andrew is in our, um, he is in, he's a part of our community, Living Water Church, and so he has been on the journey with us as, we, as we've explored a different expression. We've moved away from... You know the traditional insta—I can't say institutional that word. institutionalized Sunday version morning, sur- Sunday morning. Gathering, you know yeah. that type of deal. <clears throat> so he's kind of moved away from that, and uh, and so he doesn't. I mean, I, every now and then he'll go to a service, but this past Sunday, a friend invited him to go to a service with him, and so I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. But sorry, <laughs> you want to call him? I'm right his now? old. No, I'm we'll his old brother. I don't care. Okay. Um, 
whatever. So he we'll do it live. He he, uh, he basically just kind of shared how he was feeling during the service. You know, it's it's a pretty well known church in our town, and he he showed up. He went there. Wellknownchurch.com. Wellknownchurch.com. Showmetheglory.com. We we always come up. There's like so many good church names. I know. Sheep beaters. <laughs> oh Sheep no. Church. So so he went to the service and uh, and so I asked like, hey, how was it? And he said, you know, um, and I'm paraphrasing. These aren't his words exactly, but he basically said, you know, like, I don't miss it. You know, I I don't miss it. And so we had a very interesting conversation because he talked about worship. He talked about the message. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's like. He, what was remarkable to me, the question that I asked him specifically was like, hey, when you were worshiping, did you feel yourself like getting to this place to where you were just singing, but you weren't actively engaged? It's like your body was just engaged. So your mouth, maybe your hands, you know, if you were clapping or, or raising them, I don't know. But do you feel like you were just engaged right there? And he was like, you know, actually, I I didn't want to just engage in that way. So I I. I didn't clap, you know. I didn't. I sang. I sang to one song, but that that, he, that song really moved. He said it really moved him. So, um, but he had this conversation and just kind of shared about how he was feeling during that, and it just it just really struck me that he said, you know, like, dude, you know, I don't, I don't miss it. I didn't miss it, um, and and yeah. I, and, and so it actually led me to question, like, right? Do I miss it? Do I miss because it? then we got into a deeper conversation that I'm not going to share all the details about, but but um, I, I wrestle with a lot of insecurity about what others think about me, and right. um, especially over this, ever since I've jumped on the podcast, you know, I've gotten a lot more vocal with a lot of my views um, and the things that I think, the things that I'm processing through, and all of those opinions and thoughts aren't 100% flushed out, but I'm, I'm sharing them real time as they're happening, and so I've gotten pretty insecure. Um, I've... And maybe this is maybe I'm wrong. I, I I will own I could be completely off base with this, um, but I felt a little shunned by other pastors that I once had relationships with, and I think that insecurity creeps up. And I go, man, is it just is it me? Is it because of these beliefs that I have? Is it because you know my faith is taking a different turn? And it's mm-hmm. and that's not it's not all of them. You know, I have right. pastor friends who you know it, nothing's changed, but there's definitely some insecurity there to where I wonder and I question like, well, man, I haven't heard from so and so. You know, there was a group of us getting together in town, pastors um, once a month, and <clears throat> there was some shifting and changes and things that happened, and you know, we're not getting together anymore, and I can't help but wonder. Is it because I'm the guy that's like, you know, I'm the guy that's questioning things and have in some ways even drawn a line in the sand and said, I don't necessarily agree and support with that expression of church. That's very build them big, you know, build it. If you build it, they will come that type of deal. Like seeker sense, you know, the whole, the whole service like is the main feast type atmosphere. Like the, the three things get in a group, serve and and attend service. Like those are the, the Holy Trinity of modern day Christianity (laughs) is if you're doing these three things, then, then you're good to go. So, and and I don't really want to get into that conversation, but I've been questioning Mm -hmm. that. And then I was reminded of a time that was a lot simpler where I wasn't questioning things, where I wasn't questioning my beliefs. I wasn't questioning the status quo um, I wasn't questioning the system. I actually didn't think there was anything wrong with the way that church was being done. Um, I had no issues worshiping. Um, dude, I can't, I can't listen to sermons, to sermons. now. Like I, yeah. I, I can't like, right. and, and it bums me out. I can't, you know, Elevation Worship released a new album and I was actually excited. I love 
I mean, they, I love they, they put out yeah. some great stuff. And so I, you know, I turned it on this last week cause they released like an EP. So I went to go check it out and I was, I don't know, two songs in, and I had to turn it off and I was like, I stopped and I was, I was I just dropped Sterling off at school. I was like, God, what is wrong with me? Like, what's wrong with me right. that I can't even listen to a sermon anymore? Like yeah, right. that I can't, oh, I've asked the same question that I can't like, listen to worship like and worship you in this way that I once felt so connected to you. And so, well, let me, let me say something. And I had a question. Yeah, go for it. And so I, I think I'm about to answer this question (laughs) as I make this statement, but I wrote this down because I wanted to get it out. And so first of all, I think it's important to extend grace. Um, as we have these conversations, um, I'm asking for grace from the listeners um, and I'm reminding myself that we have to have grace for others. And, you know, we've really talked about hoping that the salty dogs um, group would be a place where people can ask questions and kind of have open conversation if they're really struggling with these kinds of things and not get crucified for it. Right. And so I think we should give grace to people who are in these places, not question their salvation, not get all worried about them, you know, like that kind of, maybe worry about them, like care for them, have concern. Um, but, um, also know, and I was, this is my statement statement for me. I I admittedly have some sort of improper tainted or skewed view due to sin, hurt or pride. Right. I, I mean, somewhere, yeah, some statement is being birthed from that place, whether I realize it right now or not. And that's what pride does is it you're blind to it until it's revealed to you. Right. And I think the father, he's our I mean, he's our father, right? I this is what I say to people. I say you got you got to let the you got to let dad discipline his kids. Right? Mm, yeah. Like and so God is going to walk with us through this. He's going to give us the patience, right? Like if my, my daughter ever feels like I don't love her, you better believe I'm going to like try every way, shape and form to convince her that I love her. But I'm also going to be patient and gentle and kind and all of that. I'm not going to sit her down and scream at her. I love you. And you need to, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) So I just think I want to make that statement again and I'll just make it for us. Now we admittedly have an improper tainted or skewed, skewed view in some areas concerning some things pertaining to church and faith and life due to sin, hurt and pride. And you listening also have that in you right now. Now I'm not speaking right. that into you, speaking that over you, but it's just a we're, fact. We're I not mean, right about everything. Yeah. At at any single point in time. Right. We're all in process and so God is is working on us. And so again, I don't want to speak death over people, but I, I believe somehow, some way we're seeing things in a way that maybe we wouldn't see him if we had some healing in certain areas of our life. And God is working on bringing about that healing. So sure. we might be given a, you know, season four, episode 16. Like We're man, launching, we're bro, launching a brand launching, new church. Yeah. We're I mean, launching large. We're ready to go. Right now in the Let's name of the it. Lord, thus saith the Lord. Thousands Salty will show. com. I prophesy today that we will hold our Easter service in Interest Arena. <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> oh my gosh. And everyone that shows up to our launch team meet. Yeah, I'm just going to stop. Interest in him, Arena. <laughs> Interest in him. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, uh, let me take it back to something that you said because you said a lot of stuff. Yeah, I did, and um, I still have more to say. But we'll you pause. Still have more to say. Yeah. But um, so, Andrew, Andy goes to this church. He attended. Um, yep. He attends this attend church, and he's having a hard time. Yet, most likely, the majority, maybe, 
of the other people who are engaging in this expression of church or maybe having the time of their life. Worshiping God like they've never worshipped before, yeah. crying out, pouring it out in the presence, singing praises, feeling good, yeah. connecting with the Spirit. Like, how can some fully engage in a real way and others, it just seems faked for them? Yeah, you know, and I've and I've wondered that, you know, and that's part of the statement that I made earlier. Like, is there something, is there something wrong with me? And you know, and I've yes. wondered that. And so, Lair <laughs> and I had a, a conversation last night. We we've been trying to reframe our date nights, and so last night we were going to light a fire and just, you know, have a couple beers, but it was too hot, and light so a fire. we just yeah we just lit a a mosquito candle and had some tea <laughs> instead. It was it was, it was great. It was lit. It was lit. It was a lit time, and so we sat outside. It was a nice cool breeze, and I just kind of shared my heart with her, and I was like, I feel like something's wrong with me. Like mm. I feel like. And this is insecurity. I know I know this is insecurity, I said, but I feel like people view me differently. I feel like when people bring up Chris Cerna, it it's no longer it's no longer you know it's no longer filled with like, oh I like that guy, but more of like, man, have you heard what he's been saying lately? But this is how you feel. Or, and this is how I feel. And so I can one hundred percent own that I will probably even say that there is a a pretty high percentage that I'm wrong about how I'm feeling, but it feels very real, you know? Right. I, I mean, it, it feels very real with how I'm feeling that I've, I feel misunderstood on, is how I feel. Right. Like misunderstood with my, with, with how people are perceiving me. And this ties in to make me like, so I've already been feeling like what's wrong with me because I ha I can't go and just listen to a sermon right. from someone like there's, mm -hmm. there's just some sort of disconnect there. No, and hey. it's not even like, Oh, he's a terrible speaker or he's saying things out of context. It's just like, I, I go and I start and it's like, there's nothing for me here. And that's not to say that I know the content or that God isn't speaking to anyone through that. But when I personally go to do that, it's like, there's no signal, right? No one's home. Like there, I feel nothing. Mm. And, mm. but that, but I'm not saying I don't feel God. I'm just saying in those ways, yeah. right there in the message right. and in worship, audibly, you know, through a band, right. I feel nothing. Yeah. Now, I do feel God all throughout the day. Right. But just not in those other ways. And so then I begin to wonder and question like, okay, so I've, I've taken some pretty hard stances on some things and, and, you know, even so much so that the church that I'm helping lead we were going a different direction in a, in a different expression of church. And so, you know, I, I just feel like there's something wrong with me. I don't know. I know I've said that multiple times. So you pair that with, okay, I can't experience God in these ways that I used to. And now I feel insecurity about, you know, friends, um, other pastors who I considered friends, um, maybe not wanting to be around me. Now, again, I'll say this again for the third time. That could all be in my head. And so the culmination of all these things coming together makes me feel like I'm broken. Mm, and it makes me reminisce mm. on a time that was simpler, right. like I said earlier, to where I could go and sit in a service and feel the things that I used to feel. Yeah. I could go um, and sit uh, and, and listen to a, a, a podcast, you know, this pastor's podcast, and it would speak life into me. And now where there was that life, there is nothing. Right. Um, but not to say that there isn't nothing across sure. all, the, all the years. So yeah. I'm going to so, stop talking to you now. No, you that's fine. Something. I just want to say a couple things. Number one, um, this has only been like how long? That it felt this way? Yeah. 
I mean, I say it's really peaked over the last two months. Okay. So I'm going to call this part of the journey and not the destination. Right. Right. So right. we just need to be clear on that, that in your faith right now, yeah. this is where you're at concerning these things. You weren't always there. Mm-hmm. There was a time where it was simpler. You loved it. It was everything to you. And then for some reason, somehow things got knocked askew. Yeah. Uh, essentially. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I mean, we're... It, I think we do ourselves a disservice if we start to look at that as a negative thing. You know, and then sometimes, you know, I just so, even had the thought cross my head. Like, there was a time where I loved, you know, turkey and green bean uh, baby food. And and it was nourishing to me. And now I don't. <laughs> so, right. And that's not to and that's not to say like I'm up here and people are down here. Right. There, there's a growth process that's happened there. And it's not growth and like I'm going to grow regardless of if I do anything or not based on my human genetics. I will grow. My, yeah. you know, your ears never stop growing. They keep your ears in your nose, I think. <laughs> did you know that? They never stop growing. I did. They keep they just keep growing your whole life. So that's one of those things to where I just I am in process, you know, I am on this journey. But this is something that's felt very new. Like this is and, a new leg of the journey and yeah. and it and I've never felt and so I know you don't like using the word deconstruction, but during this deconstruction journey for me, I've never really felt afraid. Like I, I haven't felt like I'm gonna fall off the deep end. And I but and, and I don't think I'm gonna fall off the deep end. Now, what I'm saying is is for the first time I am very uncertain of the future in like in the sense that it's like ah uh, this just feels different than it has right. in the past sure. four years, yeah. three years of, of deconstructing a lot of my beliefs. Um, a lot of those heavily centered around the church, you know, not so much other heavy pillars that people would say, you know, are, are super right. important in the faith. And we can dive into the pillars. I want to, I want to ask you a question. So what you're not saying is that everyone who engages in a real way with those expressions of church and faith are wrong. No, yeah, you're no, not, not at all. You're not making a blanket statement. You're, no. So, and I, and I don't, so don't want to do that. Just so that we don't get any, um, so-and-so does not recommend the Salty Dogs podcast. <laughs> we are not saying that church, that that expression of church is wrong. Right. And this is a, no, yes, I'm saying that that no, is not yes, wrong. No, yes, no, be yeah. confused. No, yes, no. So which one is it? It's all of them. Excuse me. But I mean, even before we started the podcast and I was telling you about kind of this like direction that I kind of wanted to go tonight, I have felt like I've been in a place to where I've just now started asking myself the question too, like, okay, if I look at the things that trigger me, you know, in quotation marks, trigger me about (laughs) sometimes that trigger me about like the instant, instant, that, that word, say it. Snowflake. Instant. Institutionalized. Yes. I cannot say that word. Institutional. Yes. Church. Yeah. So basically, you know, the whole Sunday morning, it's all about, you know, coming, joining a group, serving, attending a service, like that thing. Like that, those are just the symptoms. Like my triggering is like, that's not the real thing that's really frustrating me. There's, there's lots of deeper things that go below that. Sure. That's a tip of the iceberg. Yeah, but I've only been looking at those things. And so I feel like, Uh, you know, when I have conversations with people, they're like, Really, that's like the old curmudgeon getting mad at this fog machine. Like, come on, bro. Like, it, it's not it's not that big of a deal. And and they're right in some sense that it's probably not that big of a deal. But there are these deeper things that I that trigger me that I really do. I would also say even hurt the heart of Jesus. Um, and those are the real things. So I'm 
even now processing my views of what is right and wrong, which in itself I probably shouldn't even do, um, hmm. about the current state of oh, the church. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, if you uh, maybe this even comes down to minimal minimum ecclesia ecclesiology like what at what at the minimum of the core is the church and so but now i'm even thinking a lot like a church can actively do those things there 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 are churches that exist that you know encourage people to join groups and encourage people to serve and encourage people to attend the service and hand out five inviter cards at the end of every service so that people that do all of those things that are doing exactly what god probably told them to do and are trying to honor god um and are also um missing missing the boat on some pretty key things that Jesus asked us to do. Um, but if they were doing those things, and I think it you know, all boils down to making disciples and to loving people, and maybe that looks different in each and every context, but I, I don't want to wage war and shift people's minds on these other things. Like that, yeah, That's not worth right, it. Right. Um, but there are other things that are worth having the conversations about. Um, it's almost like by bringing up these other things, people automatically place me in a category that they're like, oh, well, you think this way. You're like one of those Francis Chan guys that you just want to start a house church and you want to do that. And you're like against everything. And it's like, no, don't put me in a box. That's not where I am. Like I am where I am because I'm on, I'm in process and and God has me right here and he's with me and it's for the first time scary because I don't know where it's going. Right. I'm not, I, I'm not, I'm not, I, I can almost say with 100% certainty, I'm not walking away from the faith. I won't walk away from the faith. Mm-hmm. I, I feel very strongly that, um, I just don't know what's next. What's next. And it's getting truly, hot in here, bro. Sorry. You're good. Are you getting crunk? I'm getting sweaty. <laughs> Maybe moist. Jesus is turning up the the heat on my feet. He's, tur- <laughs> he's, he's giving you a little taste of hell, boy. Better repent. Oh gosh, you better repent. Oh gosh, um, gosh, so many thoughts. I know there, there was a lot there. No, there there is a lot there. Let's let's kind of pick it apart a little bit. Yes. Um. So, I too have been in a place very similar to yours. Even just over the past year, it probably started, actually, this whole process has probably started about two years ago. We've been like kind of wondering and questioning about different church methods for probably about four or five years now. Right. Even with being the source um, and going from being a launch large, attractional, felt needs, topical preaching, multi-site church, you know, the whole shebang. Um, logos and websites and signs and inviter cards and trifolds. And I mean, we did the thing, right? right? We were great at it. We were really good at it. We were. I, w- I was amazing at, I was, we were uh, really great at hosting events and getting mm-hmm. the community out and doing that kind of stuff. We're also, really, a lot of, there's a lot of excitement. We're also really good at spending time, energy and people, right? Like, Oof. I, I mean, that's, that's a big deal too. Well, um, you know, the other day where I'm just going to interject slightly, but you know, the main fuel source, I said this on the phone to you the other day, but the main oh, fuel source of a church plant is people, is people. Yeah. you know, and, and people are non-reusable resources. Non-reusable, like a yeah. lot of them well, get spent and they're gone. Anyways, yeah. that's a whole nother that, conversation. Yeah, that's, it's pretty wild, but, um, been kind of walking the same path recently. I'll, I'll tell you two sides to the story. Um, for some reason, and I've had to ask God the same question, God, what's wrong with me? Like, God, show me my heart. Like, fix this, correct this, like help me to understand what's going on inside of my heart and my mind. But yeah, there are some sermons I listen to and I just automatically, I'm just like, yeah, there's, there's nothing here or you're not saying anything new or 
that's not even right, or I don't even believe that, or whatever it is. Right. I have all this, you know, I'm, I'm being critical, right? I am. I'm being critical. Um, but then I don't know why I'm like that. And then there's some sermons I listen to, and I have a critical heart, and the Lord cuts right through it, and they're saying things I can't argue. Right. And I'm just like, wow. And, well, and I get humbled. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. okay, Lord, I see. I see. I understand. Um, so I'm kind of in the same place. That's interesting. Because my buddy Kyle the other day, not too long ago, and I won't, this won't be too long, but hey, Kyle. He, he, he sent me a message, and it was a long one. It was like an hour and a half, and I listened to the whole thing. I was at the gym. I mean, I listened to it there and finished it up at home, but, and, I, and I could. But that's the minority. That's not the majority. Like, it, it, it's that's not, not that a thing to where time. I can just like, go like, you know what? But honestly, like, what are the, what kinds of sermons are you coming across? Christine just sent me a sermon the other day, and I, I uh, well, I'm a podcaster and I'm a freaking audio snob. And so it was really hard for me to listen because the audio was bad. Right. But the guy was preaching from a lectern in his living room and he had just like turned off a CD player that they were worshiping to. And he was preaching to some people in a house church Yeah. and it's like echoey and you know, his voice is bouncing all (laughs) over the walls and stuff. But he's, I mean, he's preaching some truth and Christine was just like, this is one of the guys I can actually listen to. Because there are people she can't listen to either. But the majority of the people we're coming across is like, hey, check out this Craig Rochelle sermon or check out this Stephen Furtick sermon. Well, check out this T.D. Jakes like sermon. Well, I mean, you can say that. That's fine. But, right. I mean, it's these big name pastors. Right. For right? Sure. Like, this is the stuff that's coming across your, your desk. Right. I keep getting Facebook ads for dynamic speaker, New York City, Hillsong, Carl Lentz. And it's like this sponsored ad. Yeah. That's coming across my Facebook feed to listen to Carl Lentz from Hillsong, you know? And so the kind of stuff that's coming across your desk, your email and people in you know, Facebook, people are sharing stuff that has shares. Yeah, for right? sure. They're not sharing something that's like some rando guy who's, you know, preaching in his living room right. and the audio's bad and nobody did any text layovers with graphics and animations, a logo intro and an exciting outro music piece. Right. So that's not the kind of stuff we're getting a hold of. Well, if they're not doing that, what are they even doing? I mean, you know, if they want to grow their church to 200 in four months, they should buy this multimedia package. They help. <laughs> they do. Right. I, yeah. I mean, you, you present a poor church, you're going to attract poor people is what I heard a pastor say yep. one time. Honestly, yep. I heard that from a guy. So, um, that, yeah. So a lot of the stuff that's coming across is more of some of the mainstream, probably from some of these big mega churches. That, yeah. And I'm not saying all mega churches are bad, blah, blah, blah. Don't listen to that. Don't say that. Yeah. Don't hear that. Don't hear that. Right. But what I'm saying is some of the stuff we're listening to, you know, either people we know, and I can listen to people I know and like, see, that's like a different thing, right? Like pastors here in the city, it's like, I like them. I'm like, Oh, what do they have to say? And I have more of an ear to that Yeah, because there's connection. So what, right. What for sure. Is like it? my buddy, like our, well, our mutual friend, Jordan, like, I mean, I can go and I can listen to Jordan, but there's relationship no behind comment. there. I just kidding. Jordan I know Jordan. Right. I love Jordan. I know his heart for the Lord. Like that, that, that's the kind of stuff that's easier because so, it's like, we know right. motive, but, so, but not that we have, I mean, I know. it's impossible so, to know that. So everybody. what does that say about your assumptions then? Probably that I assume that they're bad people or that they're not the hearing people, from right. God. Yeah, right. I mean, and that's a terrible thing to assume mm-hmm. because I'm sure that people maybe assume that same thing but, about me. you know, we talked about this maybe on the podcast before, but let's just use elementary, middle school, and high school and, you know, graduation into life. So, I don't know. The, the person I'm at, the person I am at 37 years of age is not who I was at seven years of age. Right. Or 17 or 27. So you get decades away from my last age and I'm a completely different person. I'm in a different world. Honestly, I feel like a lot of the stuff that's 
again, to use the phrase coming across our desk, is catered to a very specific kind of people. I'm not saying those people are bad or good or, you know, whatever, but we're all in a journey. And some, so for, for a guy who uh, I'm switching analogies now for a guy who, um, coaches people to help start businesses, right. Has a different set of skills and understanding and mentorship and wisdom and knowledge available to a startup company than does someone who's been CEO of multiple fortune 500 companies and taken companies from red to black and increased their profit threefold. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Completely different people, completely different set of skills, completely different knowledge and wisdom and understanding. It's a different pop. uh, It's a different kind of population, right? Yeah. Not every single Christian on the face of the planet attends a mega church or a 200 person church or a house church or a parachurch or an equipping ministry. Right. Right. Everybody in the body is in a different place. And I think people go to where they know they're going to get what they need. And so elementary students don't need to go back to middle school. You would argue that maybe some do. Right. But hypothetically speaking, when I graduate fifth grade and I go into sixth grade and when I graduate ninth grade, I don't need to go back to second grade and learn my ABCs or whatever. I don't need to learn basic arithmetic. Now you would argue with some of the kids, but if I learn what I'm supposed to learn while I'm there, I don't need that anymore. Well, but you know what? I mean, I'm I'm reminded of the scene in Billy Madison where I was just going to quote Billy Madison. Where, go up, go for it. No, then. you do it. Let's see if it's the same thing. You do it. He goes, "Wow, Billy, high school sounds such... fun. I want to be in high school. I want to be in high school too. Don't you say that. Stay here as long as you can. can. <laughs> but, but I feel like that's what pastors right. are doing." To their to their Dude, congregants yes. who, stay who here want to do things, stay here as, as long, long as you can. can. Stay here, stay in our group, stay in this community, and and do this, um, do this thing. And so, uh, anyways, I know we kind of got away from kind of no, the big thing, we're but, good. It, but we're it's, right where you know, we need it's, to be. it's all tied in. And so, so, um, yeah, I just want to make that comment. I think that's super important to grab a hold of. Look, maybe you're at a place to where, you know, you. You know, I've I've heard it said of certain pastors that they preach the same You've thing over said, and over. You've heard it said, but I say. I, I've heard it said that they preach the same thing over and over. Right. You know, I've been coming to this church for eight years, and it's just the same sermons recycled over and over. I've heard that about people. Right. I know you have too. Yes. And so sometimes you may just have to graduate into a different type of community or expression of church or into another group or community of people who are in a different season, in a different part of their journey. Right. Right. So I know you got it last time. I actually almost wore my Colorado hat so that I could like throw it in your face that I was in Colorado two, three weeks ago. (laughs) Right. Um, We get it. You climbed a mountain. But we hiked a mountain. Look, (laughs) I couldn't go as far as Casey could go. Right. Casey, if he wanted to actually like summit and cross the Phantom Terrace and do the other side, the east side of the of this trail that could we he went have done to. It? You think he could have? He could have done it, and I don't think he would have broke a sweat. He needed a different type of individual with him to be able to continue that journey. Right. I could not make it that far without Casey, probably. Well, I couldn't do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could. Well, no, till you couldn't make it to where it was what probably saying, struggled. I, I understand yeah, what you're saying. Yeah. So I, I burnt out. I, I mean, I, my, my thigh was aching. Like I was hurt. Oh, I remember you telling me, you were right. telling me that. So anyways, I, I was, I was on the brink of injury. Like physically I could go no further. And I said, bro, if we don't get a descent here soon, I'm not going to make it. And we turned around and, and we went and why 
you know, wisdom. I told Casey, I'll push through. He's like, no, bro, let's turn around. Casey could have gone farther. He needed a different kind of person, a different community for the analogy's sake to continue on the path he was going. Right. Right. And so I could live all day long with a community that can go six miles and not have to turn around. Casey to go from the six miles to the, the 10th mile needed a different kind of environment and person to be with him. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm hammering the point home. I've already made it. But I'm saying that there may be a group of people that you love them. You love the pastor. Like you love the people. Nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with them. But you're just in a new leg of your journey. And maybe you need to find a new community and a new type of person. Now, let me tell you, this is where we're getting into the question, is there something missing? Yeah. Because I think now we're in a community of people who are ask, who are saying yes to that question. Yeah. But there's – you know. I worked for somebody who said, don't bring me problems if you don't have solutions. Right. Well, that's nonsense. Just because there's a problem doesn't mean that you have to have the solution right then and there. Yeah. And you don't have to like, I mean, this is what people do all day. They present problems and then they say, well, how do we come up with a solution? And so where you're at and where I'm at is within our community of people who are kind of along with us, we're asking the question, well, what do we do? Yeah. Right. So we've answered the question. Yeah, we feel like something's missing. Now there is. They're not used to not be, right? And I, I don't know if it was ignorance was bliss or if we've graduated or grown up out of the model, as Joe Clausen said. So. Yeah. You know, you were describing you were describing that time where we were both a part of the same church and you know, you were you were pastoring and leading a church and you know, it it was exciting. Like it was fun and and I guess I'd wonder do you do you ever miss that simpler time? No, because it wasn't simple. Simple, Sorry. okay, simple in the sense to where you probably weren't questioning your beliefs then. Sure, the work was hard. the The expectations were were extremely weighty, but you weren't worried about things that we're processing through today. I mean, yeah, maybe well, you were, but I don't. I, and to me, those things seem. That seems heavier than doing the work of ministry, like knowing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Mm. not like having so much uncertainty about you know maybe just the future or feeling like is there something wrong with me? That feels scarier to me than pushing forward and just doing the tasks of ministry. Because guess what? The tasks of ministry you can attend one of fifteen conferences in America that will tell you which way to go and how to accomplish those tasks. I'm at a place right now to where. Only God can tell me where to go, where only God can take me by the hand. And that's scary because I would much rather, and I'm just being, it's a lot easier to discern what you're saying sometimes when you're hearing it come from man than, than trying to decide, like, is this God? Like, is this, is this the right way? Yeah, like, is this the path ar- forward? People would argue if well, it's just you and God, well, there's your problem. You need to get around community. Yeah, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> It's not. Well, I mean, I'm not saying that I don't need to not be around community. I mean, I'm just saying that like it's easier. It it takes less work, and it's you. When you hear a speaker say, "Do this, 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 and this is how you grow your church," or "This is how you lead your people," that feels a lot more concrete than Mm -hmm. seeking the voice of the Lord and saying like which direction are you going. That's what I'm talking about. Like, Uh and so there's a hundred percent more certainty sometimes in those situations when you're hearing strategy versus looking for like revelation. And so I'm in this place to where I'm not necessarily looking for revelation as much as I'm feeling 
broken and like there's something wrong with me for thinking the things that I'm thinking and for feeling what I'm feeling. Oh, like shame and guilt. Maybe. I mean, but it's not even it, – it, it, there's a part of me that goes like – so you know if you like – if you were to witness a murder, like you probably would never be able to in unsee Savannah. that. <laughs> yeah, murder in Savannah. If you were to witness a murder, you would never be able to erase that imagery from your head because that you've seen it. You've become awoken to you become woke to what a murder looks like. Get woke. Hashtag get woke. I feel like when I started this process, there were some things that were opened. My eyes were opened to some things that were happening in the church world that I can not unsee. You can't unsee it. So I've seen those things, so I cannot go back and unsee them. And there was an innocence that I miss when I didn't know the things that I know now. Mm-hmm. There was an innocence that I miss when I thought every pastor is a great pastor that is trying to seek the Lord and do what the Lord wants them to do. Yeah. And I'm not trying to throw pastors under the bus as much as I am trying to say they're humans. We're all humans. We're all human. Like we're I was but, gonna but say I, ele- I mean there was this yeah. elevated like, oh wow, gee whiz, like, you know, like, oh, you're doing this, you're leading this ministry of you, this many people. You like, had your eyes open to the depth of the depravity of man. Like I the mean, depth yeah, of our sin. Essentially. Like it's, I mean, it's it's everywhere. So, or, or you know what it's like? It's like probably Jesus walking into the temple and seeing it being desecrated and flipping tables over. It's like I didn't see the desecration that was going on in the temple the whole time uh, that I was operating right. in the temple doing those things yeah. that are wrong. Or you didn't have the balls to flip a table. Oh, I mean, I didn't you, even know it was a table. It's like, you, you weren't look hipster, at this lamp. You weren't no, hipster, that's a table. You weren't hipster enough to know how to <laughs> handcraft a leather whip out of nowhere. Bro, I'll tell you, Jesus would have had the best leather wares. Cracking those religious people in the cracking the whip, bro. He came after it. So, I mean, I just feel like my eyes have been open, and I've seen things that I cannot unsee now, and I know things that I cannot unknow. Mm -hmm. And I feel. feel Oh, hold on! I want to make the statement. I feel like these. (laughs) I keep saying these imaginary people that, like, my insecurity comes from this place to where I feel like other people are thinking that I'm choosing to do this and to do these things and to go down a different expression because I want to and because I'm trying to, like, blaze some trail or be like this, uh, what do they call it, on the bell curve? Like the the bell curve, what's that, like, early adopter? Like, they think I'm, like, maybe trying to be this early adopter. And it's like, bro, if I could believe the way that you believed and go back to that innocence where I didn't think there was anything wrong with the system, I might just do it. Because so, it's easier. It's true. It's true. Because when you start to, I mean, it's it's like being a whistleblower. Things have always been a certain way, and that's how it is. That's how right. you know politicians are corrupt, or DC is a game, or whatever you want to call it. And then you get whistleblowers who come in and say, "No, this is wrong," and they stand up for what they think is right, and they're completely off the not off the grid, but they're not a part of the masses, and yeah. so then they get. Yeah, shunned or kicked out or shun the non-believers. Shun, shun, shun. Retrib- there's retribution, but um, I I want to piggyback on that for sure. We didn't choose this. Like, I had to have a conversation with some people here in town about some of my beliefs and some of my my questioning. So, just in a part of my journey uh, where I got to where things didn't totally align um, with some with some people not believing the same way I did. Okay. So let's just put it that way. It's real simple. They didn't believe the same way I believed. And we sat in a room, we talked about it because they were genuinely concerned and, and and asking questions. And and I said, look, 
if I could change my mind right now, I would. I don't know how to make myself believe any other way. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to rewind this. How do I unbelieve something or how do I start to believe something new, right? Like, it. this, this has been a journey. You're asking me to, like, repent of how, where I believe the Lord has led me in my relationship with him over the past two years. Like, how are you asking me to change that and just submit to some different kind of doctrine or belief system? Um, number one, I didn't choose this because I want to be recognized as a rebel or someone who's bucking the system or a whistleblower or to be cool, right? Like I'm not James D James D James Dean, goodness gracious, (laughs) rebel without a cause, right? Like I'm, I'm not some Mr. Cool guy. Like, Hey, look at me. Oh yeah. Institutional church, organized church, blah, 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 down with the man. That's not what I'm doing. I'm asking questions like, is this right? Or how do I feel about this? Or why can't I worship? anymore to these songs or why can't I listen to this guy preach or why does this do nothing for me when I sit in this pew on a Sunday morning, right? Like I'm asking questions because that's where I'm at. Nobody's choosing this. We're not trying to be some forerunner. Yeah. Right. But I think, but I think that, you know, people that are, that are in this, in the system or they've, they've, their beliefs haven't changed or adapted, you know, ever since they started going to church. And in some sense, I mean, some people might say like that doesn't need to happen, but I mean Jesus has taken us all on a journey, man, and and I think if He's doing things in our hearts and in our lives, He's going to be shaking some things up. And it, l- listen, like just look, think about all the pastors in the world, okay? And the percentage, like it's impossible for all of them to get it right. It is so. People will have picked up something somewhere along the way that does not align with the heart of God. That someone said this is the heart of God or this is how God is or this is yeah, who it's he un- is unavoidable. like like it and that does happen and so right and I'm not even fighting against like oh you need to be careful with who you listen to as much as it is like making the point that it's statistically impossible so sure. there's no one walking around with the that's got it right all 100% not me right. not you right. not anyone right. you know not pastor so and so down the street or or someone who's who was born who went from womb to pew you know he used that uh-huh. used that statement like yep. we get it wrong uh, and maybe about some things some people more than others but that's okay because but, god takes us and he and he navigates us and only he can see people in their process at all of their different states you know to the person who's just now jumping in to, to the system, um, to the person who is actually finding healing and hope at a mega church. And there, there's like, God is so big and so unfathomable that he can exist in every expression in all of, of the gathering of right. the body in Christ and the house church so, and the equipping ministry and the mega church and the church of 500, 200, right. 10, you know, all of those expressions he can exist in and, and we can experience and taste of him, not because that expression is good, but because he He's is good. good. Yeah. Right. Right. And so I don't know why I got off on that tangent. No, it's but, good because <laughs> I want to make this, uh, I want to make this point now. So we do talk a lot about wrong or right on, on this podcast. Not that we try and um, create these, um, make these definitive statements like this is right, this is wrong. Like we we like to have conversations and, you know, we we stand in different places, but I have a hard time with it. Um, And so in the scripture, 
you've got Paul, I think it's in Romans 14, where he starts talking about some who eat veggies only, some who eat meat only. And he's talking about this whole, like, some, you're saying it's wrong, you're saying it's right, this, that. Yeah, They're going yeah, back yeah. and forth, and it's causing people to stumble. And basically... And he says, it's keto, bro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This episode brought to you by the Keto Banditos podcast, which is an actual <laughs> podcast that we haven't launched yet. Um, nice shameless plug. I know, thanks. Uh, but basically what he's saying is like, you're not right, and you're not right. He's not saying you're both wrong. Right. He's saying, ble- he, he, there's some scripture that says, blessed is a man who has a clear conscience before the Lord. Paul's arguing that there's some issues that there's no black and white, right or wrong. Right. And so if... If I eat meat only and you eat veggies only, I'm not right. You're not right. We're both right. Right. So we have divided, again, going back to this freaking tree of knowledge of good and evil, we've made it black and white. Is this right or is this wrong? Is this good or is this evil? So then to look at every expression of church and ask the question, is this good or evil, that's only going to bring death. Right. That's all it's going to do. Because when you divide whether or not something's right or wrong, you're creating law and expecting everybody to fall in line with it. We're all going to yeah, fall. Yeah, we're all going to fail. Expectations and yeah, all and this then you've already you've already junk. screwed people over. So I mean, you could argue like, well, it's wrong to you know gather people together, you know, in the name of the Lord and this. Thing. I mean, yeah, there are things that are wrong. Like, don't get me wrong, um, but Paul's basically saying it's if it's right for him, it's right for him. Now it's difficult for us to understand that there might be two different kinds of truths for people. That's a really difficult concept to swallow that if God shows me something and I can do, I have freedom in my life to do something and that's true for me, but God has not spoken that to you and it's not true for you. We lose our minds and we can't except that maybe both are okay in right. the eyes of the Lord. And then the scripture goes on to say that he who knows this, the good he should do and does not sins. And so if there's good you should do and you don't do it, it's sin. But maybe I'm thinking that I should be doing this or maybe not thinking that I should be doing this. And if I'm not doing it, it's not sin for me. Yeah. So how do we, how do we exist in this dichotomy? It's almost like we just have to be okay and know that everyone is in a different part of the game. It's Everyone's so hard, in a though. different process. Yeah, it is hard because, you know, I do get frustrated with people because of beliefs that they've vocalized and tried to project on me and, you know, make me think the way that they think. And I'm asking them to accept me in my process, yet I'm having a hard time accepting them where they're at in their process because right. I'm looking at them going, why, well, why don't you just... Why can't you get off my back and like, you know, essentially hoping that they would be where I'm at. Right. So, and then, you know, you start talking about the truths and like the idea that there can be true, two truths that exist and people like, especially white, I'm not even, I'm not even going to put race out there. Just if I can go back and say just evangelical people, like it's real hard to go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like there's only one truth and that's the word of God, bro. Dude, it's so hard to grasp the concept, but scripture describes it for us. Paul had to address the issue. You guys are fighting over this. You're fighting over right and wrong. Calm down. It can be right for him and wrong Sit for down, you. Boy. It could be sin for him and not sin for you. Do yeah. you understand this concept? Yeah. You both have a father in heaven and blessed are you when you have a clear conscience before him. And so I'm supposed to live in such a way that I'm, I'm existing to have a clear conscience in front of the father and saying, okay, God, you told me to do this. I'm going to do it. You told me not to do this. I'm not going to do, do it. Do it. Yeah. Well, you didn't tell that person not to do it. You told me not to do it. Yeah. But I think... 
that my experience with you with you is the only experience that exists. And so if they're not hearing that from you, well, then they're not hearing right or they're wrong. And that's crap. Dude, yeah. that's law. That's Pharisee. That's religion. And there's a lot of it going on. That's something, though, that I've never heard any pastor or any spiritual leader in my life, you know, that I even love that that's ever said anything like that. That's ever said like, essentially that two truths. I said it. That whoa, 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 easy now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on there. Um, But that basically says that that there can be two truths, you know, like basically, but they're coming from the same source and the source is God. Like essentially there can be an infinite amount of truths. Well, let's just put it this way. So like people are going to lose their mind on that last one. We probably need to go back and and it's, it's so hard elaborate to on that. It's like so hard to that there could be infinite truth. Well, let me yeah because people might oh. interpret that as infinite sources of truth. We're not we're not talking I'm not about saying that universalism right, right now. Right. No. What we're talking about is parents dealing with their children. You deal with Ellie and Sterling in two different kinds of ways. There right. are things that Sterling can do that Ellie can't do. For sure. Right. Pin and standing up is one of them. <laughs> It's a sin if she does. <laughs> uh, but what I'm saying is he deals with his... Now, you could like... we don't. I don't want to get into the whole objective, subjective truth kind of situation. Yeah. But here's the thing. Again, I'll say it again. You have to let your... You have to let the father discipline his own children. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And just because he disciplined you for something you did or didn't do doesn't mean that he's having to give that same kind of discipline to somebody else. But you know, it's it's hard though, because even using the analogy of children, if it's like, well, I did that and I got disciplined and then he went and did that and he didn't get disciplined. God, you discipline him the way that you discipline me because that's not fair. And and that's where it becomes right. really hard because it it's like, because it's like, maybe God, there's bigger issues that God, like that issue that I was disciplined on was probably the big thing that God wanted to address in my life. Maybe my brother, there's something else in his life right. that God wants to address. And that maybe that time will come where he dresses that maybe the time doesn't come, Bro, but we like, want discipline to be equal across all, all levels. You Number one, you don't know everybody like the father knows everybody. You just don't. Man, that sounds like something Casey would say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, not I, in a bad I way. Said it. I mean, that's just one of those. Give me credit. No, nah, I need to bring you down a peg because you got way too excited. You, and I was like, you, you sound I've like, never heard anyone say that before. You, you sound like somebody else right now. No, I sound <laughs> like me. Gosh darn it. But yeah, you don't know everyone like the father knows everyone. For sure. Like you just don't. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're experiencing. And so you can't play the role of God and think that you know what's right for any of those people, even though it might have been right for you. Like, you just don't. Everybody's different. Now, look, I understand that in the scriptures, there are some things that are black and white. There are some things that God has commanded, like, you know, I, I'm not going to go murder. God's not going to say, it's okay for you to murder. It's not okay for you to have hatred in your heart unless to your you're Unless you're the Israelites that are taking out their rage and wrath on babies and animals and women. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's okay, right? Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, we're about to get Almost into we're about mic. to get into a whole other topic. So, anyways, I was based, just based on the, based on the words of Jesus in the New Testament. Yes. If you're angry at your brother, then you you know you've committed murder. He's trying to get people in check. Like there's certain things you've said it, you've heard it said. Here's what I say. Right. He lays some things out. Let me tell you, but you can't tell me there's not a lot of gray area in the scripture. Some, I mean, a, you, a lot of people would you, say that there is none, but I agree with you. Yeah, that hey, I believe hey, that there is. Hey, Bible, what sh- what project should I create for the science fair? 
Give me a break. You know what I'm saying? Again in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) So there's gray area, man. Yeah. And I think God set it up that way. He set it up so that we would go to him and we would talk to him and we would have relationship with him. And he wants us to trust him and not man. Everybody says, and I don't know if this is actually true, but the very middle verse of the Bible in Psalm says that it's better to put your trust in God than to put your trust in That's man. That's only if you And read so what the, happens the when, I, when I have faith about Scripture, now I should... Be in a community and have some sort of like somebody saying, oh, yeah, that's the spirit of God. You had right. you had the disciples in Acts, and it said that they fasted and prayed and were worshiping. And the Lord said, set aside Paul and Barnabas. There was a group of people inquiring of the Lord. They all heard the same thing. Okay, yeah, this is good. We should do this. But what has happened is we've depended on man so much for our source of truth. Right. And we've looked to pastors. We look to theologians. We've looked to um, Wayne Grudem's systematic theology. We've looked to Bro, read the Bible in 24 hours. Like we've looked to I commentary. Call him Wayne Groot. Um, Groot. I am. I am Groot. Groot. Um, uh, and so we've, we've. Right. We've looked to these other sources. We've looked to. Uh, scholars from 500 years ago. We looked to the fathers of the reformations and the father of the faith. We've looked to all these guys, all these dead guys who smoke cigars and drink whiskey and left behind many leather bound books so that, you know, we can sit in a, in a robust library with our smoking jacket and inquire of the deep things of the Lord. Right? Like I'm just saying, Dude, we've yeah. depended so much on other people. You just for described our faith. every male in the Acts twenty nine so, network. So what's going on? I'm not going. In there. I'm not even going there. So what's going on with you is you're in your journey and you're looking around and you're saying, "Where are all the people?" Man, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something wrong with me because you're looking horizontally right. to find the affirmation of where you're at, and that's the problem. And I need to look vertically. Yes, of course. Right. Vertical church. <laughs> and so. Verticalchurch.com. That's a real church. Set your gaze on the James McDonald. That yeah. So, anyways, um, so we've been sourcing. A lot of times we source for man, and we say, "Hey, is this true? Is this okay? Can you affirm that?" Right. And the minute, so if I hear something, if I'm inquiring of the Lord, and I feel like I hear something, I come to you, and I'm just like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And and for some reason, you're like, "No, I don't think that's God." Well, what is? Where does that put me? What is that? How does that make me feel about myself? It puts you in a really weird spot. It puts you in a weird spot. Yeah. And so then, oh, well, do I really hear God? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't test that stuff. And, and maybe if you feel like you need to ask other people, go and ask other people. But scripture says, like, don't despise prophecy. Test everything. Or who are you testing it with? You're testing with the spirit. Discerning of spirits. Yeah. It's a super, it's because God wants us to go to him and say, God, what am, what's wrong with me? What am I thinking? Am I thinking properly? The word of God is living and active. I'm not talking about the Bible. That's not what that meant when that was written. Uh-oh, the word of God, the logos, the thoughts and the heart of God is, is living and active. We serve a living God. Yes. And it is, uh, it, it can divide soul and spirit dividing of bone and marrow right? Sharper than a double-edged sword. We're not talking about your leather-bound Bible that you got from Mardell. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Word of the Lord, the Spirit of God yeah. that communes with us, the Spirit of God by which we cry, Abba, Father. That we're in, that communion, that that is what cuts and divides soul and spirit. And it says it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And so you are to go to the Father and say, judge my thoughts and judge my attitude. 
not go to man and say, judge my thoughts and judge my attitude. Yeah. He's the source. And so if it's right for you, because he says so, it's right for you. Now, again, we can argue whatever, but again, there's, you know, I don't need a first grade arithmetic book right. just because that is like your world and that's where you're learning right now. Just because you're a first grade teacher and you're teaching first graders. Doesn't right? mean. And that's not a neg- negative. And that's like not a negative well, knock either. And like it, it doesn't sounds mean, like it is. But it doesn't not. mean that like a 12th grader couldn't learn from a first grade arithmetic book. But in 12th grade, I was taking calculus too. I don't need to know what four plus four is. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to face. learn like six cosine over nine sine. Like what the hell? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't you need, need your you plus need the signs. TI-83, right, the right, 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 right. So anyways, I go, I'm going back to that and I'm getting really, I feel like I'm preaching now, yeah. but I feel like it has to be said, man. It's so you, your father's your father, right? You know, and the people around you, like maybe you'll find a community where people can affirm the things that, or, or show grace and that kind of thing. Um, and that's great. And, but ultimately we have to say, okay, Lord, what's going on? Yeah. And you know, and I, and I feel like I have a community of people where I can actively do that. I think though, I look at like people who used to be in my life or were in my life in a greater, in a greater capacity. And it's super easy for me to, you know, call it the lies of the enemy or, or whatever, deception, whatever you want to call it. But it's easy for me to go to a place to where I go like, yeah, so-and-so isn't around anymore because I said right. this one thing or I believe yeah. this one thing. And so use the analogy of like me being out in like basically unknown territory. And <laughs> so cliche. I hate that this was the first thing that came to mind. Oh gosh. But the song Oceans, you know, comes to mind. Like, oh, and I hate it. I hate that that's where my mind went. It's a great song. How does it go? Remind us. <sighs> Call me out upon the water. Oh, Create gosh. A... What if I just lost it and started crying? Because like, God, I am in the unknown waters. Oh, my gosh. Guide my feet. I'm not crying. I'm mocking myself. Anyways. <laughs> You're mocking yourself I'm mocking crying. myself. You're fake crying, mocking yourself crying. <laughs> so, But I feel like I'm out on the waters and I feel like it's scary because I've never been here before. I've never been this far and it's just, it's just different and scary. And I'm going, yeah. can I even do this? Like, is this okay? You it goes know? back to trust. Yeah. And it does go back to trust and it goes back to knowing that like, you know, I, I personally don't ever think that as long as you're pursuing God, I don't know that you can be so far gone that like you're unsavable by him. Right, of like, not. like that you're so. But some people would say, like, oh, that you're, you're, you're really out well, there. That, well, that's nonsense, right? But and so even I think even in the worst case scenario, if something happens to where God visits me in a dream and is like, dude, you've got all wrong. It was this, 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 and this. You need to turn back and you need to head the other way. Well, even in that worst case scenario, is it really a worst case scenario? Because I still in- encountered God and he still brought correction and I, you know, I'm not going to go down that path anymore. Like, and, and so there's, well, it's almost it's like, about. it's almost like this internal struggle that it's, it's almost just like, you know, like when you get to certain parts of like a, like a video game, like certain things will happen. It's like, I've, I've just gotten to this part in a video game where like this thing has happened and I've never experienced it before. And it's just, it's just new and it's a little scary. And so there's no save point. There's no checkpoint. If I die, I only have 10 mana. If he dies, if I... he dies. <laughs> okay. Speaking of Rocky. I ju- did I tell you? I, I yeah. started watching all this. You told me you so just, I finished him. So how old are you? I'm t- 
28. You're 28 years old and you just watched the Rocky movies. They were um they, okay, so first they were on Amazon Prime and then they were on Netflix. So I uh-huh. I finished them on Netflix yeah. cuz Netflix is better. Yep. They were so good. Yeah. My favorite one is a lot of people like the one with the Russian. My I think my favorite is Mr. T. I think that's 3. Yeah. Rocky 3. Clubber Lang. Yep. Yep. Gosh, that fight. I dude, I just oh, got dude. so hyped. I yeah. did more push-ups than I've ever done. <laughs> did watching you really? Get on the. You get so much adrenaline. You just you gotta go do push-ups. Hit the floor and just yeah. do push-ups. I'm like, oh, I just did yeah. three. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna read so much theology. Rocky's, I'm so pumped. Rocky, <laughs> Rocky's punching meat <laughs> in a freezer. <laughs> and he's gonna go to like rib crib and say, "Can I go to your meat freezer?" <laughs> I had a really Can bad just, joke, and I'm not going to yeah. say We're just going to continue on. Lord, thank you for self-control in this uh, moment. Yeah. Gosh. Well, Anyways, that we was, digress. this is the thing we that I've digress. been... This is the thing that I've been processing, and, and I'm glad that we talked about this tonight. Cause, and I, I mean, hope you don't feel like I was like coming down on you saying, you need to stop listening to people. I, oh, I no, 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 no. Like, I didn't feel like that. Really kind of just... Again, man, there's, there's something about this, bro. Like, the name of our ministry is The Source... And we put on Wichita just on the end of that because we're in Wichita. Just for SEO. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) For SEO, yeah, exactly. But the name of our ministry is The Source, and the scripture we draw from is like Psalm 1 and 2, and it says um, that like he, the one who, um, you know, loves the word of the Lord, essentially, we're not talking about scripture, um, is like a tree planted by streams of water. Right. Who's um, who's living? Whose fruit living grows? Water. Who gives forth in season? Right. And uh, and its leaf does not wither. And everything he does, he prospers. And it just it talks about being planted into the source. And and for us, that truly means having people connected into into true, intimate, deep relationship with the Father and plugged into the source. And I've said this before, but like, if you are in the Lord, like you're good, regardless of what you endure on this right. earth, like you're fine. I don't have to worry about you. You're in, re- I believe you're in relationship with the Lord. I don't have to worry about you. Even if you turn your back on different kinds of expressions of the faith and what have been traditionally held doctrines, which most of them or many of them have only existed within the last 500 years right. and some of them only a hundred years, right? These tantamount doctrines of the faith. Oh, gosh, what was I hearing? I was heard about one right. so, the other day that it was just like, it's only been, I wish I could remember it. It's only yeah. been around 100 years, but we think oh, that right. there's been, they've oh, been around forever. Oh, no, so I heard somebody, Richard Rohr, whether you um, prescribe or subscribe to a uh, Catholic theologian for your evangelical ways, um, he wrote about the, um, I don't know what that says. Um, he, here's what he wrote. He wrote about how around the time the Catholic Church began the doctrine of the infallibility of the Pope, the the, um, Protestant Church instituted the infallibility of Scripture. Of the Bible, yeah. I think Andy Springer told us that. Yeah. So he's reading some book. that. So apparently, uh, they said there was some notion of inerrancy infallibility, but they didn't actually start using those words until the Catholics said, well, the Pope's infallible. They're like, so no. then we said, so like, then all said, right, we got to have our no version script, of that. No yeah. scripture's infallible. And then you get your solas, your sola scriptura, sola Christus, sola, all that stuff. And so anyways, I I, I have my, my issues with those things as well. But right. um, anyways, I just because you're questioning or not fully subscribing to some of these what tend to be traditionally held beliefs. Like I, I believe, you know, the Lord and he's going to do what he needs to do in you. I'm not going to worry about what did Jesus say? Look, here's the thing. Number one, like where do you stand on salvific doctrine, which is the, the work 
and the person of Jesus Christ as it pertains to our salvation and his work on the cross and his forgiveness of sins and regeneration, new life, right? We all believe that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, right? You've quote unquote invited him into your heart. At some point in time, the Lord of heaven and earth, the creator of heaven and earth revealed himself to you in such a way that he instituted relationship with you. Yeah. You didn't find God. God found you and you said, yes, Lord. Right. Like creator universe revealed himself. You're like, crap, God's real. I have this relationship. I'm no longer the same. Right. <laughs> right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. this happened at some point where yes. you raised your hand or walked an aisle or, you know, looked at a evangelism bracelet, whatever happened, it happened. Okay. And so you have that relationship. And so I believe that. And Jesus said that, you are in my hand and I am in the father's hand and no one is going to snatch you away. He's praying. He says, no one's going to snatch, snatch them away from me, which means that because you're in his hand, you, there's no getting you out of that hand. You're right, in him. Right. So regardless of whatever doctrine is surrounding you in your mind, whatever you're trying to sort out, the thing that remains constant is your relationship with Jesus. You know, and you know what's crazy is that I don't even feel like there's this huge thing that I'm processing right now. <clears throat> like, there's not like this big thing that I'm really processing through, other than the fact that when I look at all of my friends, not all of my friends, I have a community that I'm really close with, and we're all tr- we're all going down this path together. That is like a different expression of church. But when I look at all my other friends, they're not doing that, and so I go this feels like there's something wrong with me. Like Mm -hmm. it feels like no one agrees with what I'm doing. Yeah. And that uh, part of that goes back to just me needing, you know, wanting that affirmation from other people, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. We had talked about potentially, um, addressing the six pillars. We're going to have to have some deep conversation about it, but I did want to ask the question because I feel like it's, there's a, there's a portion of this conversation that I feel like is, Lends itself we to when this to, started for us. You know us. what? We ought to hit up Keith Giles and see if he'll just come back on and discuss him with us. I mean, we can talk about him now, but yeah. I feel like maybe we probably we need should to have him. Uh, the only bit. thing, the question that I wanted to ask was which of these did, started? And it's, I had asked you this, so I already right. kind of know your answers, but I think it would be yeah. really beneficial for the audience because um, mine were different. I think than yours. Okay. Yeah. So let me just give the background real quick. Keith Giles, we had him on, and he talked about uh, Jesus unbound, uh, liberating Jesus from uh, the Bible, or liberating the Word of God from the Bible. I think right. is what it's called. Right. So Keith Giles came on. Whether or not you agreed with him, whatever. He writes blogs, and um, so one of his blogs that came out, he's he's actually diving a lot into this idea of deconstruction right now and, and creating resources for people who are on this to journey. reconstruct. To which reconstruct. Is really great. Right. So we talked about problems and answers. He's actually trying to figure out a solution to right. help walk with people who've got to this place and don't have anything left. Yeah, because they've you know essentially thought it all away apparently. Um, but so he wrote this blog called The Six Pillars of Religious Deconstruction. If you Google that, you'll find it. And so he talks about uh, the pillars of the faith that um, have been shaken. And so people are beginning to question how they feel or believe about these six things. And so I'll just list them off real quick. Number one is the Bible. Uh, Number two is eternal torment or hell. Um, Number three is penal substitutionary atonement. Um, Number four. Do you want to give a real quick what is that? I don't think I need to. Okay. Penal, just, uh, yeah, we don't need to. You can read the blog. Uh, penal substitutionary atonement, suffering in the world. So, like, people look at suffering and then they think to themselves, oh, they're a God if people can suffer. Right. Uh, the fifth pillar is end times hype. So, like, 
you know, revelation, all this uh, Jesus coming back, Jesus like coming give yourself, you world. save yourself. Be right. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, uh, what is it? Premillennialism, postmillennialist, uh, the rapture, those kinds of things. And then our sixth pillar is the church. And so he says that people trip up on one or two of them and eventually all of them. And then it, yeah, it and starts the, like this. And so the pillars crumble and then their faith crumbles. And so, and that's where this idea of deconstruction happens deconstruction, because it's like, yeah. if you think of like, just think of a Jenga tower and it's like, if these were, these are like the major things, you know, if you pull one of these Jenga blocks out, the tower is no longer as stable. And so it's like we grew up believing certain things about these things. And so my question for you was yeah. going to be, which of these pieces, of these? And, and I'll share mine too, but sure. yeah. which of these pieces was the first to come out for right. you? Yeah, it was. It was and first, then how long ago was that? Uh, it was first the church, and that started probably five or six years ago, right? at least. Um, and then second was the Bible, which actually has happened probably within the past year. Right. Interestingly, um, I preached a sermon... Uh, maybe about a year and a half ago, and I started to give some um, instances of what I what I was questioning. And so, with the Bible, I'll just tell you that I began to I I realized in my study of the Bible that the Bible never mentions itself um, as the Bible. Right. However, it does mention what we have called it, which is we've called it the Word of God. And then when Scripture speaks of the written Scripture, like what the Jews had, the Jewish any, Bible, in the Jewish Bible, anytime it uses the word Scripture, it was actually talking about what had already been written, which was the Torah and the, the like, the Law and the Prophets. Yeah. And so there's Scripture, and then there's two words for word. So we call it the Word of God. Well, one's Rabbah and one's Logos. So then I began to question this idea of, well, what is Logos? Well, what is Rama? Well, what is scripture? Dang, you know, I remember us having conversations back when I was driving for FedEx, and you were about throwing this, you were you were throwing these yeah. things out to me, like talking about Raymond Logos. Like what about this? Stuff? A lot of that time was the first time that I've ever heard those things before. Yeah, so I'm questioning these words, and all I did was use Bible Hub interlinear Bible, <laughs> right, and, and I'm looking at Greek, Greek and, and Hebrew like that, yeah. and stuff, and just saying, you know, what do these things mean? Like I was really inquiring. It's not like I was sitting in a room saying, "Oh, I'm gonna, you know, be a rebel." Yeah. Um, and so I began to question, what is the Bible? What's it for? How do we use it? Does God still speak? What does he say? How does he speak? How do we hear him? Like, yeah. you know, who do we trust? That kind of thing. So uh, questioning the Bible and then, of course, the church, like, is this all there is? Is there something else? Is there something missing? Are we doing it right? Are we doing it wrong? Why aren't we growing? Oof, you know, all, all these questions. So aye, church, aye, aye. And, church and Bible were the two main for me. So are those the only ones that you've... Sort of. Have you been touching other pieces? Uh, I've listened to some on PSA. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm not too interested in the in the question. Hell's really interesting these days, yeah. but i I've not I've not dived too much into it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so for me, the first one was the church. So he, I mean, these are the six pillars, and that was the first one. And he actually, it's funny because he mentions in the article that some people read um, Frank Viola's book, Pagan Christianity. And did you oh, tell me about that book? Yep, I did. Okay, so you told me about this book, and this was right after I quit the job at the church that we both worked at. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, maybe, maybe no, this was maybe a year after that, and you kept telling me, "Bro, you need to listen to this book. You need to read this book." And mm -hmm. so I had nothing but drive time, so I started listening to this book. And this book essentially points out all of the pagan practices that we've adopted in the church. I mean, it talks about money and buildings and just everything. And right. so for yeah. me, what I had believed the church to be had crumbled. I had seen that 
I'd seen a discrepancy between leadership and operational things mm-hmm. that is almost like I'd seen the things that I couldn't unsee anymore. And so, right. and so pagan Christianity brought words to everything that I was feeling. And it was like, oh, snap. That, right. that was a big one. So yeah. it was probably the church was first, and I was on that one for a while. And I, and I, I mean, I'm still wrestling with that. I mean, I know it's off. Um, I'm trying to think. Suffering in the world has never been one for me. Um, hell was probably it, it's probably the Bible and hell probably came around the same time where I started like really looking at what some other is, things that it's like yeah. what you know do, is there eternal conscious torment what is this I mean yeah. just torturing forever and, is and there and so to, all of those things and then those things like to me that's not that big of a deal right. like it, it it's interesting to think about and mm-hmm. to like refigure it out but at the yeah. end of the day like the I think and the biggest one even right. being bigger than that to me is the Bible. And then you got P- yeah. PSA, which is, sure. I feel like that's, I yeah, don't know. Did God beat his child on our behalf kind right. of thing? Yeah. So let me just throw something out there for people with hell, because this is how I kind of got started on the whole Bible thing. Like, did you know that there were two words for the word word in, in, in Greek, right? There's one logos, one rhema. Um, and then there's scripture. So they're all different. Right. Um, and when, yeah, when the Bible is written, or excuse me, when Paul says all scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, right? So, yeah, what what scripture was he talking about? Was talking he talking about, about the Torah, the law, yeah, of the prophets? Because there yeah. were there were Bibles that were written after after Paul died. So, what about those? Right. So, anyways, um, just consider that. And the thing with hell, there are four words that translators have interpreted uh, into one word, hell. Yeah. So they've taken Sheol, they've like taken Gehenna. Hades, they've taken Gehenna. And they've taken um, Sheol, Hades, Gehenna. What was the other one? I can't remember. No. Maybe it's three. There, I think there's a fourth one. It was only used like once or twice. Right. Right. And uh, I think that's the one with the worms. Yeah. And oh, uh, wor- yeah. Anyways. And so, anyways, it actually, um, I heard somebody talk about how two of the two of the writers of the Gospels based on deeper study of what they had to say about the afterlife, actually portrayed it in two different lights. And so they would have disagreed on their view of the afterlife. Ooh, yeah. And also the Jews, they didn't even know where they stood on resurrection. Right. The, the, actually, the Sadducees and the Pharisees are two different groups of Jews who had differing viewpoints, and one of the primary differing viewpoints was where they stood on the resurrection. Wow. Did you know that? I did not know that. You didn't know that. that. So let me just tell you. School me. There were religious entities warring against each other concerning theology in the scripture. Right. And they didn't know the same existence. They today. didn't know where they stood on resurrection. That's yeah. why they asked Jesus what's going to happen with the resurrection. Right? So um, anyways, two differing schools of thought concerning Gosh, the afterlife crazy. in the scriptures. You probably didn't know that. So I'm just saying, like, I'm not... I'm. I'm I was talking to the listeners, but yeah, for you too. But <laughs> well, I just uh, thought it was you and me. This conversation yeah, was for no one else. Just right. So the me. people listening maybe didn't know that. Maybe you didn't know there were three or four different words used for the idea. But they of basically a place said like, "Hey, we're just going to use this one word to describe." Yeah. So they all they rolled it all things. into one that because I I heard because there was a a theology that wanted to be pushed um, and commonly held, um, and so it's kind of hard. It, it's kind of hard to consider that God would let man have a hand in 
misinterpreting or reinterpreting the scriptures to push a certain agenda. Yeah. It's really difficult to grasp that. But what does that but leave but, us? But it's where I am. It's yeah. where I am. But and... what does it leave us? It leaves us God. It, it leaves, leaves us the only source the because source. then people go, He's the source. Well, then what the heck can we trust? Or right. who can exactly. we trust? Like, if we can't trust, like, yeah. you know, these old men that sat around a table and decided, hey, what do we want to make what? canon? Like, hey, I hated episode three of Star Wars. That's not canon guess anymore. What? It's like, scary. Yeah. It it's is. It's scary. And what does it do? You take all that away, you take all of our other sources away, and what does it do? It leaves us one source. Right. And that's the source. But do you know why that's so and, and we've talked about this, but we talked about this with uh, when we had Keith on, but like I feel like that's so scary for pastors because Super scary. It's, it's because it's like, well then how do I know what to say? How do I know what to teach? How do I know what to preach? And even scarier, how do I leverage tithing against my people to get them to do it? How do I <laughs> oh, leverage community like all of these different things? When you lose when 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 this building block of the Bible goes away or that right. like what happens? It falls and it's no longer the only ultimate authority I, I believe it's an authority mm-hmm. I believe that Jesus is the greater authority than the Bible and of course and so but you say of course but some people would not believe that um, I've had people after that episode aired said you're yeah. crazy you're wrong e- even though Jesus said all authority in heaven and earth has been given yeah to it doesn't me. matter he said it in the Bible it's like it, <laughs> it, it doesn't no, but matter. he said it as a person whether or not they were there recorded it's still true right I agree yeah I agree I think they're dumb too <laughs> I'm kidding. But so I completely forgot. What I, I, I totally forgot what I was going to say. We're not true to but, diss people. But anyways, so once that authority goes away and like a person cannot leverage that authority to push a certain agenda, all control goes away. You cannot control it anymore because people are going to seek God and they're going to do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. And that's scary for some people. But if you're trying to run a church that's a you know C three P one O, whatever you know what I'm, it is a nonprofit that has certain statuses that has sixty percent of the salary that has to go out to pay for kids to go to school and families and all these things and they have all these commitments and they have these buildings and these subscriptions that they pay for like that is one facet of Christianity that when you remove the ultimate authority of scripture of the Bible like out of that you can no longer. Use that to you yeah. Know, how to do you do use something it? Like well, that. who's well? Then what happens is if you take away that authority, well, then you ask, well, how do I know what's right? Right. And Keith talked a little bit about that. Yeah. And then you know, and so if you if you want if you want more insight on this topic, because you know we're not going to go down this whole thing where we're talking about it again. But we had a great conversation with the author Keith Gow's, uh book is called Jesus Unbound. Um, but he answers a lot of these questions, and you may agree with even if you th- only walk away agreeing with fifteen percent of what he says, like. That's that's pretty good. You're learning something. Like, and if you walk away agree, disagreeing with anything, well, at least you challenged your viewpoint and you said, "God, what do you think about this?" Um, right. Yeah. So I mean, these it, pillars. I mean, they're they're a big deal. I think there's some validity to to looking back and going like, when you start to pull away the pieces, you're kind of left with you know who knows what. So here's here's what I think we need to say. Like, there are a lot. I mean, the reason. There's a phrase surrounding people questioning these certain doctrines um, is because there's a lot of people who are questioning these certain doctrines. Yeah. I mean, look, don't you think the Catholic Church was freaking out when Martin Luther was doing doing what he's doing? He's asking these questions. Now, you'll, you'll probably argue, well, the Catholic Church was wrong and Martin Luther was right. Well, is he right about everything? I heard somebody say Protestants are nothing but Reformed Catholics. Ooh. It's true, right? Yeah. And there, there were, there were, there was a list of things he came against. But what else have we taken? 
we've taken the buildings, we've taken the pews, we've taken, yeah. you know, the, the guy up front, like, you know, that one liter, like we've taken a bunch of that stuff. Right. But yeah. And Frank Viola talks about a lot of that stuff in pagan Christianity. Yeah, of how, right. So there's still a lot of Catholic remnants within the, even the, uh, not evangelical, but, um, Protestant, um, way, yeah. uh, expression. But what I'm saying is like, yeah, of course there were people who were, who were getting up in arms when people were questioning and, you know, questioning authority. Again, that's what it comes down to is you're questioning authority, right? If I have the Bible, which I say is the highest authority, and then I claim that I have proper inter- interpretation of that highest authority, well, what does that make Bro, me? that's too much power. I don't want that it much power. It makes me an authority. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have any You know what I of... want? I want to point people to the highest authority, and I want them to have a relationship with him and figure it out. <sighs> that's what I want. I mean, like I might be able to help you and ask questions and journey with you, right? But I but mean, to claim absolute truth in all things, in all things, because in one source, like, because that's you just have so scary. because you've you're studied and learned in the original languages, and you have proper exegesis techniques to take what was to take in, a translation of to, a translation, unless tran- you unless yeah, you know how to read to, Greek, you know, to know you what was originally intended by the original author to the original hearers, and then now you can properly translate it. Right, that's the time. other thing, too. It's not just understanding it. It's the whole different culture, too. Now, like look, it's, context it, it's is good. Exegesis is good. But to say that you are properly exegeting and interpreting everything, and that you you can do that work and have all the answers... And come up with these doctrines that people are questioning and may not even be right. You see what I'm saying? Like, Gosh. is your interpretation right or is my interpretation right? Who has it all right? Everybody says yes. Right. Mine. But like everyone but believes that there's. But is, that's is man. Right. That's man looking to man. Yeah. Blessed is him who has a clear conscience before the Lord. Right. So at the end of my life, I stand before the Lord and I'm like, man, I. And Jesus says, "Enter into my eternal rest, for I know you." What does all that matter? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What does it matter? He He's everything, man. He is everything. And so, honestly, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe God's shaking up those pillars because he's like, you guys need me. Yeah. You guys are all caught up on, possible. On, on penal substitutionary atonement. PSA. Right? Yeah, you, you're caught up on that. Or you're caught up in, on which expression of church is right. Or you're caught up on is the church or the Bible. Like, you're caught up on these things, and you guys are you're getting hung out to dry on this stuff. Gosh, you know what's so crazy, though, is that, like, throughout this whole process, though, I've, like, all of these pillars, I mean, and some of them, like, I haven't messed with, you know, a couple of them, but some of them have completely toppled. Some of them, are, you know, are in the process of toppling, but I've never doubted Jesus. Right. Like it's and it's it blows my mind too because you would one would think that the natural next thing to abandon or to question would be Jesus because if I'm questioning the Bible then surely how can I believe in Jesus but my experience with Jesus goes beyond the like, words in a page like yeah, but Jesus, he's he's made himself real to me I mean I've experienced the living and active word in right. in in all sorts of things like him being the word so, like so what do we think do we think that Jesus could not have revealed himself to the world had we not had it written down in paper form like it, you know <laughs> are is he was Jesus limited to his reign as king based on whether or not somebody wrote about him I mean Yes, some people would say that. Some Absolutely people would not. say, "Well, no." Some people would say, "Yes." I I can't even fathom that some people would say yes. <sighs> You'd be surprised, man. The entire the entirety of Scripture is an invisible God having revealed Himself to mankind over right. time in supernatural ways. Right. So then, take away the natural book that we've 
used to write down supernatural things. And the yeah, supernatural but then people go, oh, well, exist. it's that book that made that first introduction to you, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, whatever. No, but I, but I believe beyond that. I believe that even if we didn't have the Bible, God would still reveal himself to me. In for Romans sure. 1, yeah. it says, for, for the creator of the universe has revealed himself since the very first... Uh, since the very beginning of creation, his invisible qualities and his divine power have been made manifest through the things that have been created so that no one is without excuse. So yes, he used physical things to reveal himself, but he revealed himself through the physical things before there was a physical thing that we used to write about him. He used all of creation to write about himself. Yeah, for sure. You take the book away, he has still penned the entire, all of creation and, and signed it. I agree. Okay, good. Yes. All right. <laughs> Time to pet the penguin. Pet the penguin. LP. El pinguino. He's hungry. He's very hungry. <laughs> so we actually live stream all of our uh, broadcasts, and so if you're on Facebook, you saw us faux-feed a penguin. Faux-feed it. Mm-hmm. I think that was a good conversation. It, was that it? Do we just... I mean, I don't have anything just else. Just be done? I, I'm sweating. It's hot. Yeah, sorry, man. I got the I got the fan on, well, me, so just, I feel okay. I'd re- it's, we're going to be freezing. We probably ought to get you a fan. Yeah. Man, you know what? I want to hear back from people. Seriously, if you made it this far, if we haven't like turned you off already, right? I know I get passionate. I feel really passionate. Yeah, but man, just know that my passion is always to point you to Jesus. Like seriously, like I want you to just go, like sit in the corner and just cry out to the the Maker of of heaven and earth. Like seriously, like this was that this is the pattern for relationship with God in the scriptures. That's the pattern. Yeah, that's the pattern. Mankind existing in supernatural relationship with the invisible God. That's the pattern. And so I follow that, right? One of my favorite stories uh, is where I think it was Eli, maybe, um, who went to his room. Maybe it was Samuel. I can't remember. And was in his room and he heard the Lord call out. Samuel, yeah, that was it. And then uh, he goes back to Eli, I think the priest, and says, hey, did you call me? He's like, no. So he goes back to his room. And then the Lord right. says, Samuel, and I could have these names wrong, but the principle stands. No, it's, I, I think um, And so right. he goes back and he says, did you call me? He goes, no. And so he goes back and then calls his name one more time. He goes up and he says, did you call me? He goes, that's the Lord. Say yes, Lord. Next time he answers. So he goes back to his room and says, Samuel, he says, yes, Lord. And the God begins to talk to him. That's the God we serve. Right. That's the God we serve. He's the invisible God that reveals himself to creation. And he's there and he, he whispers, he yells, he shows himself in all different kinds of way to to Moses, it was a burning bush. To Elijah, it was a whisper on the top of the mountain, right? Like, you know, to to the Israelites uh, and to the disciples, it was Christ in the flesh. Right. Right. Blessed are, blessed are, you know, you have seen and you believed, yet blessed are those who believe and have not seen. Mm. Scripture says we're in a better era to know Christ. We're blessed because we believe and we've not yet seen. But we've heard and we've tasted. Taste and see if the Lord is good, right? Like, dude, he's real. Go meet him, right? Yeah. Like that's that's the thing. He wants he wants to he wants a relationship. It's amazing. Right? That's all I have. You right never now. be the same. That's it, right? You, I, I said it earlier. At some point in time, you met the Creator. He revealed Himself to you. You've never been the same, right? Same here. I mean, it happened to me when I was like fourteen. I'm not, I've not I'm not the same, right? The entire trajectory of my life has been shifted. Yeah, because I came into contact with the Creator Universe. And yes, maybe somebody used scripture from a Bible to preach to me, but the message exists even without it having been written down. Right. So there you go. 
saltydogspodcast.com. Email us at saltydogs at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook. It's been a minute since we've gotten some emails. Yeah, yeah if you guys you, hit us up. If you make it through this, I mean, we, we, we want conversation. Like, oh, If you shizzle. make it through this, send us an email. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know if this resonates with you. Guys, if, I can't make it through your podcast. It's so long. It's almost two hours. That's what some people say that. I got a buddy, Ward. He's like, dude, really? Two hours? It's going to take me like five days to listen to this. Well, all right. the best five days of your week. Just go for it. Get after it, homie. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, engage with us in conversation. Man, our group... I I think the salty dogs the dog house uh, our facebook group is is closing in on 100 people man i turned it into the meme house i've been dropping some fat memes yeah you have i said i'm gonna give you, you went like all three days memes. in a row you yeah. were dropping some memes yeah memes are great but yeah join that group i mean I, it's been great i mean i know wes has he's been sharing a bunch of stuff in there and you got i mean you got all sorts of guys that are sharing stuff and yep. some people that are that are engaging in there it's awesome to see the names and right. start to know like oh that's so and so and you know oh they're you know they're kind of in this part in their joint journey right. so if you're in the doghouse Go and share your story. Just go share, like, you know, what you're thinking about these Mm -hmm. episodes. We want that to be a place for discussion. Absolutely. And everyone has been pretty respectful for the most part. I mean, and I love that. I know that if I have something that I'm really processing and thinking through, that that is a space that I can go and share it. And that's probably where I need to go and not my personal Facebook feed because (laughs) I just get myself in trouble there. So That's awesome. Jeremy, if you're still listening, Jeremy, you know who you are. Uh, Thanks for the wireless keyboard and the wireless mouse. I was able to control our live feed. From the comfort of my podcasting chair. You didn't have to strain. No straining. It's very nice. Sick. Oh, hey, one more thing. Uh, Christopher and I. Uh, oh, yeah, two more things. One more thing. Uh, Christopher and I got some new headphones uh, with the intention that we're going to be recording some Facebook Live stuff and uh, maybe some more bonus stuff. We're trying. We're busy. But hopefully we can get that in motion. And then also just want to let you guys know, uh, Casey sends his love. He misses you guys. Uh, he has been going through some personal stuff. Uh, the Lord's with him. Um, he's focused on the Lord. But also, he recently started his own uh, tree cutting business. Nice. And he's doing his own consulting right now. So he's working for himself. Cool. And uh, he's had opportunity to travel. So he's been in Oklahoma. He was in Tulsa. He's going to Georgia. And he's going to be up in New England. So he's going to be out for like the next two or three months, not even in Wichita. Yeah. And so uh, just with all that going on, we've said, all right, man, like, you know, we... Uh, well, you're, let's let's you're revisit welcome. this in 2020. Yeah, you're welcome yeah. to come back whenever you can, but he's he's doing his thing, and so life sometimes happens. And, and so if you guys want to like shoot him an email or something or drop yeah. in on the Facebook page and send him a note. It'd be good know. to I, I think yeah. it'd be encouraging. Let's send him, him some, some encouraging messages. Send him some salt. Uh, dude, I just realized we got, a, we got something from Matt Thomas that maybe we can play if we get his permission to share that out later. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we do we can, have that. Maybe we can drop that next time. Yeah, so Matt Thomas was the guy who uh, was on our podcast a couple of episodes ago, and he wrote this book, The Overlooked. So actually, we still have three copies of this. If you guys want a free copy of this book, um, it just talks about his uh, journey through addiction and then how he was in the prison system, and then now how he's trying to help men and women who are coming out of the prison system as well. So if you're interested in that, shoot us an email and just uh, you know write The Overlooked, and uh, we'll get your address, and we'll send you a free book. We'll send you a free book. I'm so. doing some crazy things. Yep. Anyway. All right, y'all. All right. Peace. That's it. Bye-bye.